Welcome to the Leadership Practice Series, brought to you by Cambridge Leadership Associates. In this series, we'll embark on a journey through the essential practices of adaptive leadership, providing you with actionable insights and strategies to develop your leadership skill. We welcome you to join us as we explore the art of leadership, one practice at a time. Now that you've spent some time strengthening your leadership practice of observation by spending more time on the balcony while zooming in and out to gather information about the adaptive challenge you identified in episode one, we'll move to the first I in our OII model, interpretation. Imagine walking into a doctor's office one day with a sharp pain in your side. When the doctor asks, where does it hurt? You point to a spot. The doctor immediately responds by saying, Just last week I saw someone that described the same symptom. It was cancer. Let's operate immediately. You might be alarmed, and if you have your wits about you, you'll also insist on getting a second opinion. You would be right to be concerned about the doctor's snap judgment with little gathered data, and you would be surprised that she diagnosed you, probably incorrectly, without x-rays or tests. What is the practice of interpretation? Surprisingly, like the malpracticing doctor, many of us do this consistently. We take observational data, superimpose our own personal histories or experiences, add weight from a culture of urgency, or simply leverage the wrong data and erroneously interpret good information incorrectly. Alas, a story is born that may bear no resemblance to reality. The story, which may be partly true, can mislead or detract from the important work of change. This is frequently disastrous in personal relationships as well as in professional contexts. Case in point, consider any brick-and-mortar retail store that failed to interpret data indicating a shift to an online retail marketplace a few years ago. Kmart and JCPenney come to mind as two examples of formerly robust U.S. businesses that have not fared well. But this happens in our professional relationships as well. Consider your boss, who in a weekly check-in meeting glances at her watch. We may unconsciously observe her behavior and then jump to the conclusion that she is rushed and may not have time for this meeting. In truth, she may simply be checking the clock to ensure she gives you extra time because the meeting started late. Humans are consistently and frequently interpreting data unconsciously. We do this whether we like it or not. If the most common leadership failure is treating adaptive challenges as technical problems, Then the second biggest error in leadership practice is the misinterpretation, or you might hear me say misdiagnosis, of the problem based on existing data. I sometimes use the word interpret and diagnose interchangeably. While diagnosis is a clinical term, sometimes leadership practice could benefit from a more clinical, by which I mean intentional, approach. Why is interpretation important? The obvious reason is that effective interpretation leads to effective interventions. The opposite is also true. An incorrect diagnosis from your doctor will lead to ineffective or dangerous treatment. And this is true in virtually every profession, from meteorology, misinterpreting the significance of a low-pressure system, to investment banking, if a banker misinterprets earnings results, for example. So, too, in leadership. There are serious consequences or setbacks in our adaptive challenges when we misinterpret observational data on any of the human behaviors that must be changed to move the work forward. Conversely, by interpreting observational data well and testing our assumptions, we find meaning, 
We isolate and attribute cause, which helps us know when and where to intervene, and we surface order from perceived chaos. This provides needed structure to teammates and helps them stay the course when committing to the difficult work of change. Approaches to Practice, Part 1 I am often asked about the types of interpretations that are most useful in making progress on adaptive challenges. Broadly speaking, there are two categories of interpretations. We define them as either personal or structural in nature. Individuals practicing leadership in powerful ways become adroit and adept at making effective structural interpretations and virtually ignore the personal ones. What's the difference? Most of us are well-versed in personal interpretation. It's the focus of much organizational energy. The problem stems from middle management's inability to grasp complexity. My boss is a jerk. This colleague is a chronic underperformer which hurts our whole department. Even positive sentiments, such as, that person is really kind. While these may sound like petty, throwaway, or benign comments, when we hold these interpretations, regardless of whether we say them aloud, they distract us from focusing on the attendant structural elements of a problem. Even when such personal interpretations are grounded in truth, they actually don't create progress on sticky, adaptive challenges. Being kind, nice, a jerk, or unruly ultimately has very little relevance to the leadership behaviors necessary to make progress in a complex problem. Personal thinking is usually reactive and motivated by frustration, fear, insecurity, empathy, or identification with personality traits. In contrast, Structural thinking is very different. Structural thinking is a type of reasoning that has us focus on either the most important, relevant organizing principles impacting a sticky problem, or the intrinsic elements and causes of the problem. Distinct from project management, process-driven approaches, structural thinking on adaptive problems looks at the intrinsic behavioral elements connected to loss around the human behavior we need to change. Core structural questions to ask. One, where is resistance to change coming from and who is experiencing a sense of loss, loss of competence, authority, credibility, safety, stability, etc.? Two, what elements of the challenge seem most intractable? Three, if the technical problems were solved, what additional perspectives or knowledge would be needed? Note that the answers to these questions have nothing to do with how we feel about them. They're not personal in nature. While we may have significant feelings related to them, when we proactively engage in structural thinking, we can partition how we may feel from the essence of the problem. We may not like the music we're dancing to, but we can, in a structural metaphor, understand the nature of the foxtrot, its origins, footwork, and standards. Approaches to Practice, Part 2 By engaging in a committed practice of structural thinking around a complex problem, you become less swayed or consumed by the stories and energy in the system, and more surgical in identifying loss. You're in the problem, but not of the problem, so to speak. You've actively begun to incubate the problem solving from the balcony. When you've engaged this structural thinking mindset, which is intentional and proactive, this is the time to become Sherlock Holmes and begin to gather the interpretations of others, as many as you can find. The more curious you become, the more stakeholders you speak to, and the more nuance you accumulate without the heavy weight of personality-driven drama. In the practice of leadership, cultivating the capacity to entertain not one, but many interpretations simultaneously 
is an essential skill that increases the likelihood of making powerful progress in our adaptive challenge. This practice allows us to hold complexity and exist in a place where paradox is allowed to live. Holding multiple plausible interpretations simultaneously is not easy. It forces us to suspend judgment and consider the possibility that all explanations may be at least partially correct and possibly correct at the same time. Comfort with this level of paradox is antithetical to quick fixes, but it's essential for navigating complexity. Invitation to experiment. I'd like to invite you to practice becoming more fluent and intentional in thinking about your adaptive problem from a structural lens. This is especially important if you're exhausted by the challenge or you're tempted to absorb the drama, angst, or chaos swirling around the problem. To do this, begin to cultivate a deeper, more nuanced set of interpretations by asking the previously mentioned focus questions in the context of your specific adaptive challenge. Here they are again. One, where is resistance to change coming from and who is experiencing a sense of loss, loss of competence, authority, credibility, safety, stability, etc.? Two, what elements of the challenge seem most intractable? And three, if the technical problems were solved, what additional perspectives or knowledge would be needed? You could, for good measure, add to the stack one more question. What would progress look like? Your answers to these questions form your initially grounded interpretation of the adaptive challenge. But here's the rub. While you undoubtedly have answers to these questions, the second critical element is to ask a broad array of stakeholders the same questions. Like a sleuth gathering clues, gather as many interpretations as you can find. It's almost impossible to overdiagnose a challenge. As you record the answers to these questions, it will help you shed some of the exhaustion and help you think more diagnostically. You may even be able to see the act of gathering interpretations on the problem as an exciting discovery process which helps you engage. If so, you will be engaging in an essential leadership practice. In this episode, we discuss the problem of inadequate or misaligned interpretation of observational data. We explore the essence and importance of structural thinking and the gathering and holding of multiple divergent interpretations that keep the aperture of possibility open. And I invited you to gather additional interpretations of your adaptive challenge from stakeholders adjacent to the challenge and from behavioral data from the system. From all of us at CLA, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Leadership Practice Series. We hope you've gained some valuable insights and strategies to further develop your leadership skills. To learn more, you can find us on the web at cambridge-leadership.com.